1 Samuel 16, we're going to read verse 7. As I began to study this, our series, Entering Uncharted Territories, I, um, I've been paying particular attention to men and women in the scriptures that God empowered, that God used to do exceptional things, especially those ones who did things that no other person, you know, has done, or no other person before them had done prior to their own time. And um, one thing I was able to discover is the exact requirement that God looks out for when he wants to use a person to do extraordinary things. The truth of the matter is that God... Des, let me, I don't want to use the word desperately, but every day God is looking for a man or a woman to use. Just like Jesus was saying, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are what? A few. He now told his disciples to pray the Lord of the harvest to send more laborers. Why? Because the agenda of God in this world cannot be fulfilled without the participation of men and women. So every day, God is looking for people to use. Every day. He's looking for people that he can use. He's looking for men and women that will fit into his agenda. Now, in the course of this study, you know, so many things, my mind was open to so many things. As I begin to get deeper in my fellowship and the relationship with the Holy Spirit, I get to learn and relearn new things every time. If you asked me this question before now, I would, in fact, I've even taught it here about when I talk to you about the place of power. I talk to you about the presence of God, that when you get into the presence of God, you know, everything is solved. Yeah, that's still correct. Because when you get into the presence of God, no power can touch you there. You know, and I talk to you about studying the word of God, constant praying, living a fasted life. You know, giving and all of those things associated with it. But I have come to understand that there is something that supersedes all of that. When God wants to look for you, when God wants to use you, there is something that he's looking for. If in Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30, before we read First Samuel, Ezekiel 22 verse 30, the Bible says, And I sought for a man among them, that should take up the hedge and stand in the gap before the Lord so that I will not destroy the land. But God said, I have found none. God was looking for somebody at that time that would stand in the gap, but he has found none. But the truth of the matter is that in every land, in every, in every situation, you will still find prayer warriors. You will still find people that are studying their Bible. You will find people that are committed to doing the work of God. You will find people that are tithing. They are faithful in their giving. People who are ready to sacrifice a lot for the Almighty. But God said, in this place, I found nobody. And asking questions, asking questions. The Holy Spirit directed me to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. This is God speaking to his prophet. He says, but the Lord said unto Samuel, 
Look not on, the, on his countenance or on the height of his stature. He says, because I have refused him. Some translation says, I, will, I have rejected him. Listen now. It says, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. He says, for man, look at where? At the outward appearance. But the Lord look at where? On the heart. I have come to understand, beloved, that above all the fasting, above all the praying, above all the study of the word of God, all the prayer programs and deliverance activities, for God to take out, to separate himself and bless a man, God is interested in your motive. Is interested in your intentions. That's why he said, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So the question is, when God comes to your corner, maybe you are praying, or you are worshipping, or you are singing, or you are dancing, or you are fasting, or whatever spiritual activity you are doing, God looks beyond that activity and asks a question, why are you doing that thing that you are doing? I've seen people who come to God and they are worshipping you know, serious, intense worship. And you will see the sister or the brother shedding some tears. And when you look at this person, you say, ah, this person is lost in the presence of God. You will see the tears. They are running down. And before you know what's happening, this fellow will put hands inside the bag and bring her phone and lift it up with holy hands and take a selfie. Inside that intense worship, the person is shedding uncontrollable tears but I still have to take one for the ground. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. When someone like me sees that person in worship and tears, I say, ah, see worshiper. He's a selfie worshiper. Yeah. And beloved, I must tell you the truth. Every single thing that you do in the house of God, God is still asking the question, why are you doing it? I sought for a man to stand in the gap so that I will not destroy the land, but I found none. It's not that there were no willing people there. It's not that there were not broken people there or surrendered people there, but we had willing people with corrupted motive. And God is not going to deposit his power. In, you know, sometimes you see people in the house of God and it looks like as if anything they do, boom, they are at the top. And you, you are there. In fact, you came to church before the person. You have been praying the prayers before the person. But this person just showed up and whoop, 
is at the top. And you are wondering what's going on. God is interested in the intention. He's not necessarily interested in the activities that are surrounding you. He's interested in why. Why are you fasting? There are certain people that are believing God. That, ha, ah, once uh, I'm praying and yeah, you see them every day. They are shaking their head. Release your fire upon my life. Release your fire upon my life. Let there be a release of your power in every area. The power, healing, anointing I receive upon. And they have been praying. That they are doing fasting inside. But at the back of their mind, if they can lay hands on somebody, maybe a madman, and the madman recovers. Or they can lay hands, they can pray for a dead person and the dead person recovers. Then, Insta block will now carry the story. They will now take, they will now have like 1.2 million followers. So all that shaking of head, oh God, release your power upon my life. Let's kapayate, and they are fasting inside. It is for followers. Man looks at the outward appearance. We are seeing the prayer. God is seeing the intention or the motive behind the prayer. And I want to say this. We live in a generation where we are carried away by things that don't matter. So many people are running after different things and their motives are wrong. And that's why you see a lot of people in the house of God are struggling. People in the house of God have been praying the same prayer point over and over again. You are asking God, you've not been able to pay your tithe when you have a thousand. And you are believing God for a billion. How? Do you know that the tithe of a thousand is ten? Oh, sorry, hundred. Is hundred, Abby? So the tithe of a billion is what? Is what? A hundred million. If you cannot give God a hundred without arguing with yourself internally, how are you going to be able to release? A hundred million. We are praying some prayers and it seems as if answers are not coming. We need to go check the motive. Why do I dress up and come to church on Sunday morning and look fly? Look fly. Why? And then you, you, you intentionally wore that skirt that is very tight. And you have looked at the time. Say, okay, by now praise worship would have finished. After praise worship. Um, the, uh, okay, okay, okay. Now it's time for Bible reading. Okay, let me start going. By the time I get to the church, choir will be singing. So everybody will be seated. And then when you come to church, you came little. You will now roll yourself to the front. 
Why did you come to church? So when you come to church now, you will lift up your hands. And the pastor will say, I bless you with the blessing. Or you say yes. You say amen. You did not come to church for blessing. You came to church to be a stumbling block. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks inside. He's not interested in the activity you are carrying out. He's interested in the reason, the motive behind the activity. I come to church every day. This brother is a prayer warrior. The brother is looking for a sister to marry. Oh, yeah. The prayer warrior is the outward appearance. That's what we see. And then when the brother finishes prayer warrior agenda, you now go and meet one sister and say, <laughs> while I was praying. Immediately say, while I was praying, you will believe. Why? Because you always see him praying every day. While I was praying, the, the, the voice will now change. The Lord spoke to me. <laughs> Listen to me, beloved. Your motive overrides your vigils. Your motive overrides your church activities. Your motive overrides all the fasting and sowing of seed and all those things put together. There's some people that like to go from one pastor and say, Pastor, I want to sow into your life. I want to sow into your ministry. You will sow, the pastor will collect it. But God is interested in the reason for your sowing. Yeah. A man shared a testimony with me. That man started out in Port Harcourt as a taxi driver. Pastor Daniel will know that man. Started in Port Harcourt as a taxi driver. Today, he's the pro-chancellor of a university in Nigeria. And I asked, you know, how? Do you know the people they make pro-chancellor in this country? Billionaires. Go and Google pro-chancellor of any university. Any invest, just Google. Maybe the university you went to when you get home or after the service, just Google pro chancellor of the university that you went to. It cannot be an ordinary person. But this man, he started out in this city as a taxi driver. That time, <laughs> when the man was telling me there was no boat, too. there was no. So when I'm talking about taxi driver, I'm not talking about taxi driver that, uh, that uh, has air condition and is using app. Mm -mm. Taxi driver that we get to. Air Force Junction at 7 p.m. and be shouting, Rukwaku, Rukwaku, kind of taxi driver. That's how we started. And today, he's a billionaire. In conversation, how did this happen? He said he came to the altar over there. One Saturday after power must change hands, he knelt down on the altar and he said, Oh God of mountain of fire. If you will lift me up, I will make you proud. That was his prayer. If you can just lift me, I will make you proud. And then the man began to tell us how he coincidentally bumped into some people who gave him a job. And in the course of sending an email, he sent the email to the wrong person. 
He's a taxi driver. I don't understand how to send email. So they gave him instructions on how to send the email, sent it to the wrong person. And that wrong person that he was sending it to apparently was looking for someone who can do that kind of job for his company in Botacourt. And then the story continues from there. Listen to me. God looked at the sincerity of that man's heart. And he knew that if I bless this man, he will do what he says he will do. So the question is this. Can God trust you? When you are praying those prayers and making those requests before God. Are you really, really doing it in alignment with the word of God? In 1 Samuel chapter 1, time will not permit us to go there. But 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3, from verse 3, you will see the story of... Let's go there. Let me read it for you. Go there. Put it up. 1 Samuel chapter 1, from verse 3 to 7. Start from verse 5 or so. That's the story of Hannah and Penina. Yeah. He said, but unto Hannah, he gave Penina and, and Penina and her, her sons and daughters an offering. They were going to Shiloh every year. I'm sure you know the story. They were going to Shiloh every year. Now... In verse 5, it says, But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, and he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut her womb. Go to the next verse. It says, And her adversary, that's Penina, also provoked her soul, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. See verse 7. It says, And as he did so, year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. So every time Hannah was talking to God in Shiloh, every year, Hannah was talking to God based on the provocation of Penina. So technically speaking, Hannah's prayer point will sound like this. He said, God, mm, give me a son. Let me embarrass this woman called Penina. Let me show her that you are God in my life. Let me tell you something. The fact that the prayer point sounds nice does not mean it is valid. Write it down. That the prayer point sounds nice does not make it valid. So that's what Hannah was going every year. Go to verse 11 of that same, of that scripture. Every year, she was going there. See verse 11. Another year now, she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid. Listen, these are the kind of prayers she was praying. Say, ah, God, I've suffered enough now. You say if you cannot see. That's her type of prayer point. He says, and remember me and not forget. He says, oh God, why have you forgotten me? That's the kind of prayer point. He says, but will give unto thy handmaid a male child. Then see the next thing. She says, then. I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. Hannah was looking for a baby to embarrass Penina or to disappoint Penina. God was looking for a prophet. The day that Hannah's motive aligned with the purpose of God, Samuel was born. So those prayer points that you are calling every night, what is the motive behind it. That's what God is trying to say to you. The, the characteristics, the determinant factor 
of who God will use or not use is dependent on the intent of your heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. Two things before we pray. Especially in this season where we're talking about entering uncharted territories. Or even now that we're talking about entering a new year. Two things. Number one, you must pay attention to. Number one, you must guard your heart. Yeah. You must guard your heart. Listen to me. This is how motives are formed. This is how, let me, let me tell you how motives are formed. I'm, scro- I'm scrolling through Instagram. Eh? I come across a classmate of mine Maybe the classmate was not as intelligent as I was. But the classmate has packed one bands. Hmm? You know, now it's Instagram reels that we have, Abi. It's Instagram reels. A lot of people are doing reels. So people don't even say anything anymore. Because they have given us caption. We cannot read. So they say we should just be doing something for one minute. So we just can't be, just be behaving like a... So somebody will just... That's your classmate. Parks a Mercedes-Benz. Whether it's his own or it's not his own, you don't know. And on the background, you'll be hearing, See what the Lord has done. Oh, see what the Lord has done. What we waited for. And because he's listening to the song, and you don't know, at that point, he will stretch his hand to the Benz. That's not his own. What we waited for. Has come to pass. See what the Lord has done. Listen, immediately, something is triggered inside of you. See, but this guy no notebook for class now. That's the first thing that comes to your Am I correct? See, but how can he be driving a Benz? doesn't know anything now. Before you know what's happening. Anyway, the God that did it for him we do it for and it settles in your heart. That's how motives are formed. The things that you see, the things that you hear, and the experiences that you go through, the combination of these three things are what settle in your heart and form your motives. So you will find out that after that first Instagram real you will still see another one this one you don't know the person but the person looks like a talentless individual and you're telling yourself that uh-uh, boy i have talent and it looks as if nothing is happening and you see these things the 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 the, the ultimate result is that we begin to live in ingratitude I was telling you while we were doing the worship session. Somebody has been in the hospital for two years. She's not thinking about husband. And somebody is posting, a, oh, I did my wedding in Paris, you know, and, and you are there. You are looking at the person that is in Paris. You have not seen the one that is in a UPTH for two years. Before you know what's happening, it forms an idol in your heart. That's what God was telling Ezekiel. He says, go and see. 
the elders of Israel have formed an idol in their heart and they have come before me with that idol. God says, therefore, I will answer them according to the idols of their heart. That's what many of us are doing. We have allowed things around us to influence our opinion about God and how he's working with us. And then we begin to create these little, little motives. And before you know what's happening, we are coming to God in prayer. We are praying. We are speaking in tongues. We are fasting. Every power must change hands. We are participating. But the reason we are participating is not because we want, to, we want the name of the Lord to be glorified, but because we want to do what somebody that we believe we are better than has done. And that's where the problem is. Guard your heart. Second thing you must do, I want to wrap up now, is that you must take time off what I would call a retreat. You must take time off. See, <laughs> when we talk about retreat, the first thing that comes to our mind in church is uh, I want to lock myself up in the room five days. No sunlight, no pepper, no water, no food. And I will even off the fan and I'll be speaking in tongues. You know, we will pray to the point where we cannot pray anymore. We will not be. There's a place for that. But the kind of retreat I'm talking about here is the type where you step aside from all the noise and ask yourself some hard questions and answer them. Ask yourself some real questions and answer them. Listen to me. There are some of you that are listening to me. God has been giving you revelations that I want to use you. But you are looking at it that, ah, if, I, if God used me now, ah. <laughs> some of the things that I plan to do in my life, I'll not be able to, ah. so you mean that, I will not be able, ah, no, God, please, oh, don't use me, oh. Yeah. You have had, people have told you, you have had prophecies, the word of knowledge, so many things, and you are, and you are resisting it. You need to take time off. Ask some questions. You know why you need to ask questions? Because even sometimes when we start out with the purest of motives, our environment has capacity to corrupt them. When I'm saying corrupt, I don't necessarily mean immoral. I mean the things happening around us can make us shift a little. You understand? What's up? The choir people, they understand me well. It just... Mm, circumstances around us just begin to listen God said to Abraham I will bless thee and thou shall be if you like a channel of my blessing I'm going to bless you so that you can be you know how a river has tributaries, how it can distribute the flow 
of what it takes in. God said to Abraham, I will bless you so that you can be a channel by which I will reach other people. That was how we started. But certain things have shifted it to, oh God, bless me so that I can be your storage facility. I want to keep the blessing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong in me driving a 2023 vehicle in 2023. There's nothing wrong with flying first class. Or better still, there's nothing wrong flying private. So, God, I am ready for your blessing so that I can be a storage facility. God will not be able to bless that kind of intention, my dear. Why? Because he's looking for people that will be his hands and legs to stretch, to extend his blessing to the world. So we could have started out right. And that's why there's a lot of frustration today. People have started out right. You know, they were doing it the way it's supposed to be done. But all of a sudden, it looks as if, you know, Something happened. The psalmist prayed a prayer in Psalm 139. He says, Search me, O Lord, and try me. And know my thoughts and know my heart. Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me and try me. Know my thoughts, know my hearts. The next verse, he says, See if there be any iniquity, any corruption in my intention. God wants to do so much with us. But he will not be able to achieve it if our intentions are corrupted. If the motive behind all the prayer is talking about vic flood victims. Uh, let's gather some money for our brethren who, are, who have been devastated by the flood. But, you know, in this church, when you give, they don't announce it. So, just in your mind, you have to say, this is my widow's might. Let me give my widow's might. Why? You are giving your widow's might because there's no elaborate reception for, no, no, sorry, elaborate platform to acknowledge your giving. The intention is what God is interested in, not the action. I want to take some time off to pray because I've seen that there are certain things in my life that I need to deal with. Why do you want to deal with those things in your life? Is it because you want to oppress the next person? You know, there are some people that are praying that, oh God, you have to bless me. As we're praying for 2020, some people are shouting, God, 2023 is the year. And at the back of their mind, the completion of the prayer point is in 2023, when God bless me, you see that guy, I go show him. Oh, yeah. I keep saying this in, in church. There are some kind of people that if God bless you with some kind of money, you may not come to church again. No? When you call your pastor, pastor calls, he say, I've not been seeing you in church. What, what's, what's going on? He say, <laughs> you know, when you have money, your voice changes. Or oh, sorry, your voice tends to change. 
you know the truth. You see all these things. It's not the money that costs it that's been there. The money just amplifies it. Yeah. And you say, oh, pastor, you see, uh, uh, I, I was talking to, you don't normally hear what they are saying. I said, pastor, I was, to, I was talking to my partners in China. And uh, <laughs> he said, you will not know, sir, but uh, China is four and a half hours away from, um, ahead of Nigeria, you know, so we started talking from 12 midnight till 4 a.m. So I, I technically slept around 5 a.m. after, you know, filling up some vouchers and sending, placing some orders and, you know. So by, by Sunday morning, I was stressed. So I'm sorry I couldn't make it to church, but not, not to worry. I have the church account number. I'll send in my tithes and offerings. There are some people that God will not bless. Not Listen, don't get it wrong. Go. It's not because he doesn't want to bless them. But he knows that this one, if I bless this one, hey! We just wake up one day, we are doing service. Say, this church is disturbing me, please. How much is this property? I want to buy it. Yeah. I know the story of a couple. They attended this ministry because they were believing God for twins. They were believing God for children. They were praying for nine years. In the process, God now blessed them. They moved to the, the posh part of town. And then, in the course of the prayer, God gave them twins. So They had twins after nine years. They were praying, believing God. After nine years, God blessed them with twins. The church now bought a property that is adjacent to their own property in that posh area. All of a sudden, the church was giving a court summon. What happened? Those people that were believing God for children or a child that came to the church for nine years, they took the church to court that the vigil that they are doing is disturbing the twins. I'm not telling you a story. It happened in this place, in this ministry. So sometimes when you see that God is not answering some prayer, you'll be wondering what's going on. A senior pastor told me a story. He was praying for, I've, I've shared this with you before. He was praying for a particular man for a long time. And after a long while, he now went to God and said, God, I, I was all this now. I'm praying for this man. You're not answering. God said, okay, because you have come to disturb me now, I will answer. God opened way. God blessed the man. One day, the wife of the man came to the office. The man was crying. See what happened? The woman was, you know, those uncontrollable cry. And they'd be saying, God, why? God, why? God, why? After the woman was able to gather herself, the woman brought out a picture from her phone and told the pastor, that last week Saturday, my husband married a second wife. You know that there are some sin you cannot commit because you cannot afford it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's making sense now, Abby. Not that you are, <laughs> but you can't afford it. 
I pray for you that the kind of resources that will come your way that will make you to forget God, let God take those resources away from your life. And that's just it. Man looks outside. God looks inside. What is the reason? Listen to me. What I am telling you now is the, is the determinant factor between who God will bless and who God will not bless. When I'm talking about bless, I'm talking about those kind of blessings that what somebody is praying prayer. The Father, if you bless me, I will surprise you. I will, I, will, I will shake this nation for you. One Naira, they have not put in our building project, too, but they are still telling God that I will surprise you. You want to surprise the Almighty? You have already surprised him. Yeah. We usually wait for when it is big before we decide that we can do it. No. If you cannot do it when it is small, you will not be able to do it when it is big. I said it to you the other time. You have a thousand naira. Hundred naira comes, leaves your account and they write tight and your heart shake. Say, hey, this money has reduced to 900. Imagine when it's a billion and 100 million moves out as tight. That's high blood pressure. Or heart attack. Yeah. If you cannot accommodate it when it is small. That's, listen to me, beloved. This is the same principles I always teach to single people. Single sisters especially. You are cutting now. Eh? You have not married. And the guy is still shutting you down. And he's telling you that, if not, if not for, if not for, I, will, I would have slapped you. Hey. Listen. In courtship, it's like the 1,000 naira. It's, it's just headache. When you marry that kind of person, he will slap you. Are you with me? Eh? <laughs> God bless you. Pastor Daniel said now he's licensed to slap you. They gave him certificate so that he can be slapping you. That's the principle. He that is faithful in little... Greater things shall be what? Committed unto him. It's the word of God. We need to pray. And the prayer we want to pray now is, Oh Lord, search me. Help me to adjust my intentions. Yeah, like I said, we could have started out well. But in the process, some things could have shifted. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. Remember, that it was after Hannah's motives aligned with the intentions of God, that's when Samuel was born. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. I want to see, I want to show you there what God is interested in. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. It says, Thou at worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. Now listen to the last, the last line. It says, and for thy pleasure 
they are and where everything is supposed to give God pleasure. If your life is not giving God pleasure, if your intentions and your motives are not giving God pleasure, something is wrong. If the things you are doing, regardless of how spiritual they may look on the outside, if the purpose or the intention inside does not bring pleasure to God, then there will be a problem. You know that song? Thou art worthy, O Lord. Let's sing it together. To receive glory, honor, and power. All things and for thy pleasure they are Next time you are doing something, that's what you should be thinking about. For all things were created by you for your pleasure. This thing that I am doing, does it bring glory to God? Does it bring pleasure to God? The real reason behind me attending this meeting or this fellowship or this prayer or doing this or, 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 or giving or sowing this seed or attending this meeting, or is it bringing pleasure and glory to God? That's the next question you should ask yourself. Because it is when your motives align with the pleasure of the Almighty, that's when God shows up. Rise to your feet as we sing that song again. Thou at worthy, worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and the power. For thou created all things, and for thy blessing. One more time, lift your voice. Say, Thou art worthy, Lord. Say, Worthy, O Lord. All the glory and the honor. there where you are standing, I want you to talk to God. Say to him, Lord, help me. I know that my intentions have been a little bit corrupted. My intentions have shifted from your will. They have shifted from bringing you pleasure. They have shifted from bringing you glory. Search me, O Lord, and try me. Check my heart. Check my thoughts. Look at my intentions. The things that I'm planning to do. And where I need help. Help me. Beloved, this is not the time where you look around or you are playing with things around you. Or no. This is the time where you are sincere with God. 
you are sincere with yourself and tell God that Lord I need your help I've been praying for that breakthrough but the truth is the reason that breakthrough has come has, has I've been praying for that breakthrough is because I actually just want to enjoy my life I'm tired of begging people I'm not necessarily interested in helping or blessing or lifting anybody I just want to be on my own. Let everybody be on their own. That's the real intention. Lord, now I understand. Now I know better. Help me. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Our Father, we come before you. And from the depth of our heart, we ask for your help. We need help. Especially with regards to our motives. With regards to our intentions. We have subconsciously shifted our original love and service to you. As a church, we ask for your mercy. We pray that your mercy will reach us, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask that you will help us to shift our focus back on you. To shift our intentions back on serving you on loving you, on being vessels or channels of your blessings in our world. We shift our focus away from all the greed and we are ready to be used by you. We are ready to surrender with all to you. Help us, O oh Lord, in Jesus mighty name we pray and the people of god say aloud amen